Hey, you're in the Hockey Aquarium. No, that's that's dopey. I'm not going to say that. Welcome to Hockey Aquarium. I'm David F. Pendries, your host. This week, we'll be talking some NWHL, little CWHL, and talk about the NCAA games in Connecticut and some teams in Boston. Wow, that's a pretty matter-of-fact opening. Okay, let's just jump into things. So, this past weekend in the NWHL, there were three games. Boston hosted Buffalo twice, and uh, the Whale went down to uh, Jersey to take on the Riveters. So first of all, let's talk about Boston-Buffalo. The Whitecaps have deter- you know, become the league leaders by being undefeated. Buffalo has sort of been the second-place team, sort of the heir apparent, you know, sort of the team that appeared to be, like, on paper, strong enough to take on the Whitecaps, given all their acquisitions. Uh, Boston, however, had brought back a lot of their Olympians, and so they seemed to be a credible team. The question was, who's going to fall out? How are they going to do? So that's that was an interesting thing. So when you put Boston and Buffalo together, there's a question of how they're going to stack up against each other. Game one went Boston's way. Boston had four goals, Buffalo only one. Jillian Dempsey and Gigi Marvin each had two goals for the Pride. Buffalo's Haley Skimura had their only goal. Uh, Katie Burke continues to have a uh, great season, had 25 saves to the Pride. She's been just sort of jumped in quickly, and I mean, she was an elite goaltender at uh, Boston College. So I mean, they've just been continuing to do well. Dempsey has been just fantastic. And uh, Gigi Marvin is Gigi Marvin, so no surprise there. And when you listen to the game, you watch the game, you can see how the pieces of the Boston Pride offense seem to be working out much better together. You hear a lot of players getting their chances, um, putting uh, putting opportunities together, depending on what line it is. So it seems like Paul Mara has done a uh, a great job in just reasserting the pride, getting them back to where they need to be, making them solid. I mean, his experience in coaching the women's game probably helps a lot. Uh, getting the talent back that they've gotten must help too. But just overall, the pride seem to be doing much better. They uh, certainly, uh, you know, did you know defeated Buffalo pretty strongly. Second game went Buffalo's way. They won five to two. Maddie Elia had two goals. Haley Scamura had one, Juliana Ayafalo had one, and Emily Falzer had one. So a lot of the um, top players on the Buttes getting in on the action. Boston's Amanda Pelkey got one, and Dempsey had her third goal of the weekend. So, I mean, Buffalo rebounded. The, you know, these back-to-backs are kind of interesting scenarios. You don't know how the road team's going to do. And uh, Buffalo just sort of pulled it together. And so you can see that these teams are probably on a very even level. The question is going to be, are the Whitecaps going to fall back to earth or not? But, I mean, Buffalo would play as he expected to. I mean, it's not surprising that these two teams, if they if they meet, are going to be like this, which also brings about, again, concerns over the one-game playoff format because, you know, you know, you know in a series, I mean, I think in a series between the Pride and the Buttes, it's going to go pretty evenly. And so anyone can win any game. So, you know, if they end up meeting in the playoffs, it could go either way. And it's kind of unfair they don't get more games to play. And I know I know the justification is hard to get arenas, but still, it's unfortunate. Um, you know, Julian Dempsey has been 
uh, you know, last year when the Pride lost some of their critical players, she was a top leader. You know, she was a, just a she was just sort of the leader of the core of players that held that team together, even as they went through some struggles. Just, I mean, I think I think it should be obvious to everyone now that when the first couple of years of the Pride were coming along and they had so many Olympian and national team members there, you could sometimes lose track of just how great the players that were not in that category are. I mean, and whether it's, whether it was um, Field, Emily Field, or whether it was Rachel Lannis, uh Blake Bolden, uh, you know, uh, and clearly Jillian Dempsey, and um, I'm blanking on a few other players that I, I think fall into that category too. Just She's been just a superb player, and it's just been fantastic to see. And she's climbing up the NWHL rankings. She is very close to taking the, uh, I believe, points lead, and I think she's uh, a little farther behind in goals, but I, could, but I think she's in the mix. So both of those are, she's right there. Um, she's just done a, a great job. You have to give maximum credit that doesn't sound right but a heck of a lot of credit to her so uh that was good now shifting to whale riveters okay this is the problem for somebody who's a fan of both teams so uh the good news is the whale got their first win of the season the bad news is they beat the riveters to do it i prefer both of these teams beat all the other teams to get where they're going but you know, sometimes they got to play each other, including this weekend. So we'll see how that goes. This was a win the whale needed to kind of right the ship. Um, it was sort of it was, it was sort of a fitting um, old and new transition because uh, Katerina Marizova uh, had the had the first goal of, for the whale, and she's just been outstanding. I mean, hasn't gotten a lot of goals yet, but you can just tell the talent involved. And uh, I would also point you to Mike Murphy's piece in the Ice Garden about her. Uh, just came out a day or two ago. Check that out. Uh, talks about her magic hands. And um, but the game winner scored very late in the game was scored by Shannon Doyle, one of the you know whale players who's been there since the beginning and just been a leader on the team. And she got that game winner, and that was that was very important. Um, Mary Reisenen had um, had 27 saves, earning her uh, co-player of the week honors. She just was stopping the Riveters left and right. I mean, she's been a rock back there for the Whale, and it's it's been really welcome. And uh, the Whale also had 20 shots, which is pretty good by their standards. They struggle sometimes to get the shots off. The Riveters' long goal came from Audra Richards, which has been one of those players that uh, people have been you know, expecting to see some good things out of, that she uh, she got the uh, lone goal. This game is emblematic of some of the issues at hand here. The Riveters are really struggling, and it is true that they did not have uh, Amanda Kessel, who was injured. They did not have Courtney Burke back. They did not have Mia Dench back, and she will be back this weekend. But the Riveters have so much talent on their team, I wouldn't expect those three players to be out to make it so difficult. And it's because, especially because we've seen a pattern, even when those players are, you know, even when Kessel was in, the power play really struggled for other Riveters. And, 
And the whale gave them plenty of penalties, which is another thing. The whale continue to get too many penalties. The whale cannot afford penalties like that. The whale are you know, they have they have a low margin for error. You cannot give other teams extra power plays. And this has been a problem last year. It continues to be a problem this year. That has to change because if 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 they can't stay out of the box, the team the teams are just going to take advantage of that. The Riveters did not, but other teams will. But again, turning back to the Riveters, it's a difficult situation. They seem their offense seems to be um, just really uh, out of uh, out of sync. Another post to point you to in the fan post section of the Ice Garden, uh, Stephanie, who has been a Longtime Riveters fan has been putting her analysis of how the team's doing. Uh, she's a Rennie Minestroni on Twitter. And, you know, she breaks down very, I think, very well what is a problem for the Riveters and what they need to be fixing. And, you know, she did a better, much better job than I could do here. So I point you to that. And it's just, I don't know, you know, Randy Velashek is really taking a lot of heat right now. He, he uh, was brought up. By um, by someone else, how you know they're, they're not going to you know the, the, he doesn't expect the Rivers to score many goals, which is baffling considering how many people the Rivers Rivers have on that team. He doesn't seem to understand. Now maybe it's going to take him some time. It certainly took Chad Wiseman some time, but the difference was Chad Wiseman was starting year one, and expectations were a little differently. The Rivers are the Isabel Cup champions, and it's ridiculous that. They would have to struggle learning a new system and clearly struggle to this, you know, this level. Considering a lot of the team came back, I mean, they augmented the roster. They didn't come away with the the offseason saying, "Oh well, these are some holes." They augmented the roster, and so and so it's just I you gotta wonder what what's going on the coaching wise. Everything seems to be out of whack, and it, it's it's just. It's just unfortunate, and you really hope they can turn that around and turn it around fast. Hopefully not at the whale's expense. For the whale, hopefully they can continue to build off of this and get their you know get their players you know going using by the they seem to have created a situation where they now have more players who can be those playmaking scorers. You know, counting both the players that were there last year and bringing in the international players like Mirzova and Lowenhelm. And so, and and uh, players beyond that. So it'll be interesting to see how that comes about. But you know, we're still early, but we're also not early. And but hopefully, there's hope. So, just a transition into the CWHL for a little bit. Uh, the Booster Blades hosted Montreal this past weekend. That did not go well. Um, Montreal got a 5-0 win and then a 9-0 win. Now, now based on, I read the uh, Blades recap, and there did seem to be some signs of improvement, but this is just, it's how you how are you supposed to build a team when the other teams are just being, you know, are just filled with talent? That I mean, how are you supposed to learn and grow if your only experience is getting blown out every week, pretty much. And that doesn't always happen. I mean, the quality of the players, the, the, the blades are building off of their core and they're improving. But it's like 
you know, it's like, you know, they improve from, let's say, 10 to 20. Meanwhile, the Canadians and the Inferno are already 70s and 80s. And it's like, well, how you, what, you know, how long will it take you to get to a competitive level when you do not have the type of players feeding into your system? The, the CWHL teams have Olympians and they have American Olympians coming in to the teams, whereas the Blades are playing with what they can get, and it's it's really not a great situation. And it, it just because you know if you're looking to compete, are you going to go to the Blades? And if it's ever a case where the Blades are competing with another team, why would you choose the Blades over one of the Canadian teams if you know you have equal job opportunities or equal opportunities? It's just really difficult. Um, that prompted me to write. A post myself, uh, which is over in the fan post section of the Ice Garden. That's right. I basically uh, decided, even though I'm not media anymore, I'll just throw a fan post onto the Ice Garden, kind of pull the Yoda, and even from beyond the grave, you know, just destroyed that tree with the lightning. So popping up, even though you know I'm out of the media business. But from a fan perspective, I was saying that the CWHL needs to somehow expand in the u.s further and i'll let the piece speak for itself but the basic idea is that they need to they need to give more parity uh you know on this side of the border so the blades have some teams they can play there can be some rivalries that come about so that fans can say okay you know we know what the landscape is but will the blades beat you know whatever other team it is or whatever the other teams there are and just it creates a it, it creates a rivalry like that you could see in other other sports where no matter what the overall landscape of the season is, those games still matter, those rivalry games. And it just gives people it'll give more opportunities to players and 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 I'll I'll let some of the other things speak for itself. So check that out. A couple other random um uh, CWHL things in the context of one league. We've had, uh, you know, Gary Bettman comments, and I don't know if I talked about this last week. I feel like I did and didn't, but I'll just go get reiterate it. Every time Gary Bettman is asked about one league, he says that the there is not enough talent in women's hockey to support two leagues. Okay, this is wrong. This indicates Bettman has no conception for the women's hockey landscape. But then again. Batman apparently has no conception for how hockey causes concussions, so he doesn't seem to understand a lot of things that he should be understanding. There is plenty of talent for women's hockey if you pay the players enough to participate in the game. There, if you, there, there is there's plenty of players. The amount of players that have cycled into the NWHL and the CWHL just in the past few years when the both leagues were happening. There's a lot of players that are not in the league anymore that left to go to, you know, fulfill other professional obligations, etc. When when the team was founded in Minnesota with the Whitecaps, I mean, basically moving the team over, they didn't just take all the Whitecaps players, they brought in other players from, from the league, and that boosted the talent. Those slots opened up on the other teams, those slots were filled. There's plenty of other players that could potentially fill slots. The Blades always draft more players than they have on the roster, and so there's room for that. 
you know, it is, and that's just speaking of the, you know, the, you know, in the United States, I mean, Canada presumably would be able to support even more teams based on the amount of players that pass through their league, just the amount of players that are being generated each year from NCAA programs from, uh, I believe it's CIS for U-Sport, U-Sport program in Canada, and not even talking about the international side, which is gaining more attention, more players coming from international, you know, side to play, you know, college uh, in North America, and more players are trying to get involved in the domestic professional leagues. It is absurd for Batman to say that. If you can get the teams established and you can pay the players enough to justify them playing, I mean, there is plenty of room. And you have to think that there are other other states where you could support more teams. And probably you could put another team in Minnesota and fill that with players. I'd imagine that would be, you know, easily done. Never mind, you know, Midwestern, you know, schools, Wisconsin, uh, Illinois. And that's just the obvious ones, not even getting into, you know, other places. I mean, certainly like a Philadelphia area, all these, all these areas would probably be able to put together teams relatively easy if supported properly. So, it, I, you know, how the NHL commissioner does not have that rudimentary piece of information is absurd. So just, you know, bad job by him. He's been doing a bad job since he was hired. He's just, he's just a bad commissioner and he really needs to like go. I mean, he got into the Hall of Fame and that sort of degree, you know, sort of makes the Hall of Fame look worse that he just is in there now. It's, he's, not, he's not a Hall of Famer. He's just bad. Final uh, little comment. So the NWHL has a sponsor for their uh, uh, player of the week. That's great. You need sponsorships. You need to support the league. The only issue I have with this is that the company's name is Vita. And as far as I can tell, and please correct me if I'm wrong, you, you know, by all means, you know, Vita is a word that is appropriated from, as I understand it, uh, religious connotation in India. And this is common for companies that have sort of an ethereal quality to them to say, oh, how can we give it some sort of name that sounds mystical and exotic and everything? You know, that needs to stop. You know, it needs to, you need to stop cherry picking you know, your names from other, you know, cultures, other religious, you know, beliefs, etc. So I don't use that name when I'm sharing links. I mean, I, I do share the links because I want the players highlighted, but I don't use that name. I don't give them the advertising because, I mean, it's just the appropriation has to stop. Other cultures are not, you know, should not be breeding grounds for, you know, you know, brand names and for some reason, they get it from somewhere else, or it was an acronym or something. By all means, you can correct me, and I will apologize. But that's my thoughts on that. So I've been talking for 20 minutes. I haven't even gotten to NCAA hockey. So let's talk about NCAA hockey. As usual, I talk about the women's hockey in Connecticut and uh, some of the teams in the Boston area. That's kind of the just. It kind of is just an expansion of the you know the sort of the NWHL footprint and and just this region and you know i mean i just 
I could get into more Massachusetts teams, but there's only so much ground to cover, and my notes are quite long just for these teams. So let's jump into it. So Yale this weekend, they uh, ha they played St. Lawrence, always a very tough team. St. Lawrence came away with the win 3-1. Rebecca Vanstone had the only goal for Yale. But then Yale beat Clarkson. This is huge. Yale's never beaten a team that highly ranked before, as I understand it. Yale beat them 5-1. to one. Yale is a team that normally struggles to score. Yale's a team that normally, last year, Clarkson blew the doors out of. Yale got the win. Tara Hoffman of Yale, 39 saves. It just That was solid. Emma Vlasic, two goals. Lucy Burton, one goal. Christ, Christine... I'm sorry, Charlotte Welch, one goal. Van Stone, another goal. Just fantastic job by the Bulldogs pulling that off. That you know that shows they have a lot more life in them than you might expect. They, you know, they, they usually don't score that much. They were in the transition. They lost a bunch of seniors. But they certainly have been struggling to score this year. But, wow, you know, they, they beat Clarkson. So who knows what they're capable of. Then turning north to Hamden, Quinnipiac had uh, played three games recently. They lost to Cornell, 2-1. to one. Brooke Bonsteel had the only Quinnipiac goal. They had 23 shots. Then the next day, they tied Colgate, 3-3. Melissa Samuskevich, Lexia Gija, and Caitlin, Katie Tabin, sorry about that, had the goals. Abby Ives, 32 saves to get them to that. So that was a solid performance versus Colgate. Quinnipiac only had 15 shots. That's concerning. Now they made they made they made three of them, but that's still concerning. Just last night, Merrimack came in to play Quinnipiac and beat them 2-0. Quinnipiac did have 30 shots. Merrimack is a highly improved team, but uh, you know I don't. Quinnipiac had a lot of they had a lot of chances, had like no puck luck last night. I don't know what their PDO is, but it's got to be low. So really rough to see that out of Quinnipiac. I'm not sure what they have to do to score. Uh, UConn played Boston College the past weekend. They lost 3-0 and 4-0. Morgan Fisher had 32 saves against Boston College the first day. Fisher had 31 the second day. Goals for Boston College came from Olivia Finno-Cicharo, McKenna Newkirk, Katrin Lonergan. Then the next day, Lonergan, Megan Keller, and McKenna Newkirk. Uh, McKen Megan Keller had two goals in that one. So just a rough, rough time for the Huskies. Sacred Heart took on Franklin Pierce, the president himself. Sacred Heart won the first game 2-1. Jane Lewis had the overtime winner. Samantha Shoebottom had the other goal. Sarah Urban made 27 saves. Second game, uh, Franklin Pierce won 2-0 despite 30 Sacred Heart shots. Post took on Anna Maria and defeated them 3-0. Paige Dundas, Kendall Fitzgerald, and Kalina Mueller had the goals. Caitlin Daly, 26 saves. The next day, post four, Anna Maria, three. Kathleen Takeda had the overtime winner. Kaylee Miller, Hannah Davis, Julie Schatz had the other goals. Trinity lost to Middlebury twice. Middlebury 4-1, then Middlebury 4-0. Livia White had Trinity's only goal. Kay Lily Carpman had 34 saves in the first game and 32 in the second one. Trinity rebounded versus Post. 
taking taking uh, having seven goals against Post, including one from Kalen Flaherty, two from Lauren McMaster, two from Bailey McKeon, one from Bergen Koblina, and one from Ellie Fellows. Cartman only had to make eight saves, so that's bit of a bit of a summing summation of what Post was generating. Uh, Caitlin Daly of Post made 38 saves on the day. Boston College played BU last night, and BU got the win for three. Megan Barras, Kelly Brown, Lindsay Agnew, Ryan Litter had little. Sorry, Ryan Little had the goals for the Eagles. Jesse Comfer, McKenna Parker, and Abby Cook had the goals for Boston University. Speaking of Boston University, they played Vermont twice. First game, they won 3-0. Parker, Comfer, Christina Schuler had the gold. Corin Schroeder had the shutout 26, was 28, 26 saves. They played Vermont to a 3-3 tie the next day. Comfer, Parker, and Sammy Davis had the goals. Connecticut College played Amherst twice. They first tied 2-2. Jordan Cross and Ellie Branca had the Connecticut College goals. Next game, Cross had two goals to top Amherst 2-1. And on to... Northeastern. Northeastern is continuing to be unbeaten. They took Maine. Uh, they took on Maine twice. They beat Maine 3-1. Chloe Arard and Alina Mueller had uh, Mueller had two goals, or Arard had one. In the next game, they tied 3-3. Arard had two goals. Mia Brown had one. Northeastern managing a lot of shots in that effort. So Northeastern's on fire. Arard and Mueller are doing just really well this year. And apologies if I'm not saying the names just right. I do apologize. Uh, Wesleyan started their season last night. They defeated Salve Regina 3-0. Sydney Goyer, Ali Betri, and Sarah Goss had the, had the goals. And Allegra Grant in net had the shutout. Finally, Harvard played Holy Cross last night, had seven goals to Holy Cross's three. Bradley Fusco, Christy Della Rovere, Kat Hughes, Becca Gilmore, Lexi Lang, Kristen She. I do, I do apologize on that one. I think it's say um, Keely Moy had the goals. Going to have to break out some more pronunciation sheets. Apologies for any of that. Okay, so that was a lot of college hockey in a way. Just some general thoughts. Uh, Boston College is really good. Northeastern is really good. Boston University is doing better this year, I think, than they were last year, even with uh, uh, with Bach and Leslie. And so that's kind of kind of interesting. They just seem they played Boston College stronger. It's so I'm very interested to see where the Terriers go. Um, you can see that uh, Quinnipiac's really struggling to get those shots into the net. Yale is now unpredictable. Who knows what they're capable of? A lot of their uh, newcomers have been doing really well, and their goaltending has always been very solid. The uh, Sacred Heart I haven't had a chance to see yet this year. I don't know when I will be able to, but they're playing in the new ha, and it's a bit of a uh, it's a bit of a mix. You don't know what you're going to see in that side of things. Uh, UConn seems to be up and down. Uh, they last year were able to really hold Boston College to the fire a lot, and they haven't been able to do that this year. I don't know if that's because Annie Bellinger is 
you know, onto the pros. Side note on that, in a CWHL game recently, you had two UConn alums facing off in either net. You had uh, Elaine Chuli and Bilan Jay. So UConn has built their program up nicely um, in that they're producing some professional players and certainly in the goaltending ranks. So that's, that's kept them somewhat stable. So I don't know how UConn's going to shake out this year. They've lost some players, but they certainly have plenty of players that can score as well. Um, the uh, post is still growing. You can see they're doing better than they did last year, but they're still, you know, there's still a team developing. Uh, the D3 programs just sort of started up, so we're just getting a, you know, bare-bones picture. We don't really know how they're going to shake out just yet. I mean, it does seem like Connecticut College looks, for, looks strong so far, and we'll have to see how the other teams come about. And uh, as you know, Connecticut College last year was ranked, so we'll see if they can repeat some of that level of success this year. Okay, so nearly talking 30 minutes. Going to wrap this up. You can find Hockey Aquarium on Twitter at Hockey Aquarium. You can find me on Twitter at Dave Pendries. I'm on other places like Instagram, uh, same name, and um, Tumblr, but I haven't updated Tumblr in forever. Uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, my old sports coverage is at dfpsports.net, but I also pop up other places, and now you can see I'm throwing stuff onto the ice garden. The, um, I'm just going to ramble to end this, but as I close, I just need to ask you all, what is your favorite shark?